Welcome back to Cinema Adventure. We're a movie podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion of a film. This week we're joined by the wonderful Celia Schleckaway, our third time recurring guest. And in this episode of Cinema Adventure, we're going to be talking about one of Christopher Nolan's <laughs> earliest films, uh, A Portrait of Guy Fieri as a Young Man. Yes. What? <laughs> what was that guy? I came prepared for this podcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, and by that I mean Memento. Yes. Are you like making a reference to Guy Pierce's hair? Is that what <laughs> that I was? Is, that okay. Is 100%. I wasn't That's positive, was and I was to. like, I don't know what's going on Boy, here. Boy, that man has some bad hair in this movie. It's not great, but it's, I feel like really Guy bad. Pierce is an attractive dude, so we can kind of pull it off, you know? He is attractive. His face is like yeah, great, cut. like great chin, great cheekbones. It's great. Just the hair is. I mean, everybody has to have their flaw, right? And so his exactly. hair makes him more like personable and exactly. Yeah. It's his kryptonite. Yeah. It reminds me just how strongly of a the year two thousand vibe this movie. <laughs> yeah, That's true. I love yeah. it. What a year! I what wish year. I could have been this age then, so I could really take it in. They really could have made this particular backwards movie at any point in history, but they chose the year 2000 and reminded us with Guy Pearce's hair. There you go. And for that, we thank him. Yeah, I really thanks a lot, Guy. I appreciate it. I think it deserved like best makeup and hairstyling. I think so too. Great groundbreaking work. It was snubbed. (laughs) It really was. And the Oscar for best hair and makeup goes to... Specifically Guy Pierce, not the person who did it. So Celia, what's it like to be back on this particular (laughs) podcast three times? (laughs) Well, you know, like I've lived a lot of life. No, I've gone and I've seen and I've conquered and I've returned home to the Cinema Adventure podcast to let you guys know that I watched this movie a week ago and I don't remember anything about it. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, so we're in trouble with Celia right now. More specifically, I am in trouble. Yeah, Blake's innocent. He's a sweet boy and he doesn't deserve any of the uh, the harassment that I deserve. (laughs) What title? What sweet boy? <laughs> I don't know. You're a sweet boy. Yeah, it's too. I feel like someone's about to pinch my cheek. Your hatred it of it me. just cemented it yeah. as your ultimate title. Honestly, <laughs> ultimate title. Great. I'm in trouble because I told our lovely, wonderful guest Celia, who we love very much and want oh, to keep coming up. back. I said, please come in uh, on Monday. This was last week, and then also told another guest, yeah, yeah, you can totally come in and be our guest last week. <laughs> Now, the other guest, to be fair, was my boss, so... (laughs) Someone had to take the bullet. I get it. That's (laughs) fine. I did it. I pretended like I got the date wrong, even though, boy, did I not. But it was You gave me a real good zinger on your way out of the (laughs) office when I was like, please, please come back next Monday. I'll make it up to you. I'm so sorry. And you were like, but is it happening next Monday, though? (laughs) It's a good point. And... You can't be trusted. Here we are. It was, it was next like Monday. A, it was like that Dear Sister sketch from Saturday Night Live <laughs> where everybody gets shot and slays the oh, sad song. Oh, I've not seen that. That sounds pretty wild. That's literally everything to me. Everything to you. Wow. Yes. Everything. Wow. Andy Samberg in his prime. Oh, wait. Shia LaBeouf was in that sketch. You really couldn't have Wait, oh, is this the one that was making fun of the OC? Yes. Oh, I know what that is. Okay. I was not. I was very confused for a second, but I know what that is. I love it. I treasure it. It was an old reference. It's wonderful. Mm, I, I also forget the things that I love and treasure all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Zing. Boom. <laughs> I've come sh- to play. I don't have any <laughs> memento comments, so all I can do is zing. Like, that's all I have. <laughs> so, Celia, you're going to be phone jockey for this episode because this movie is confusing and uh, <laughs> there's no way we're going to remember all of it. So yeah. we're going to do our best. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Yes. True. I've got the Wi-Fi on, ready to go. It's pretty fast. UW Wi-Fi is speedy. It's quick, better than my home Wi-Fi. Um, this, yeah, this podcast is brought to you by the UW Wi-Fi network. Yes, if I'm really live, just... If you live on campus, good for you. Everybody else. Exactly. You'll never know. You'll never know. Unless you come I am dreading. here. I I'm excited for graduation. I'm dreading not having this internet I know. to wherever I go because everything is going to be slow. It's so sad. I don't want to think about it. That's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's a night terror. <laughs> so, 
Yes. Memento. What, what a film. What about it? It's from the year 2000. <laughs> That's true. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. yes. who just won several awards in the sound categories for Dunkirk. Several of two. Several of two. <laughs> <laughs> did it win anything else? Did it win anything? I think it was theater? just sound. Did it just win sound? I think it was just, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of sweepers at the Oscars. I feel like everyone kind of just had their moment That's for true. each I'm category. Happy. I'm happy for it. Yeah. Kind of a boring Oscars, if I'm being real. Like side side note, how are we happy? Did did you guys see Shape of Water? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see it. It looks so. I don't want to see it either. Did you <laughs> did you like it when you saw it? I loved it. Yeah. He loved it. I really it. like Guillermo del Toro. I do too, but like I just I don't want fish romance. I don't unless it's you know sardines in a can chilling together. But other than that, I'm so you want you want like sausage party but fish sure. based. I feel like it's it makes more sense. You know, then this weird fish man nonsense. Secret life of pets, but it's fish. Sardines. That's kind of almost like maybe a Shark Tale spinoff. I don't know. You guys are going to make me vomit. (laughs) (laughs) I have the, like the photo saved of Octavia Spencer saying you F in that fish. And I just have it locked and loaded. Every time that movie comes up, I think of that. And it makes me not want to see it more. You made a face about the face about the face of water. The just face of water. Face water. water. Yeah, fraud. We're not your favorite, huh? Um. Well, here's the thing. Every opinion I have is based on absolutely nothing because I didn't see it. <laughs> but, um, I mean. So I'm the only person in here who can really defend the fish man. Then. Yes. I won't do it. So when before it came out, I was just so excited about all of the memes that I could say, <laughs> relating to relating to the fish sex. I was so excited, and then one of my friends whose opinion on movies I kind of default to when it comes to things <laughs> like this, he went and saw it, and he really didn't like it, and I said, <laughs> okay, and it was like end of 2017, there were a ton of movies out to see, and I was like, I'm not going to spend money on something that I'm probably going to hate when there's five other things on my list that I have to get to that I know I'm going to like, There you go. and so I just never got around to it, and then it just became too late, and... <laughs> Now, I just, I don't know. I just never saw it. And it's one of those things where either people absolutely love it or absolutely hate it, and I just don't care. I haven't heard anybody with a really negative attitude. I haven't even heard negative. I think a lot of making fun of. And uh, it's probably me, although I haven't seen it, but I still. (laughs) I mean, I've also heard people say it's like Pan's Labyrinth, but less good and like Ooh, a bunch that's of like ridiculous <laughs> that's not what that movie oh, like Aiden's at all. really just <laughs> i am annoyed <laughs> i'm annoyed I neither of you have seen it and you're you're being mean to it okay i love your little toro and uh the shape of water has a lot more heart than a lot of the movies that came out this year so you should right. see it and form your own opinion i'm ready for like the the judge is it the what's it called the little hammer the gavel the gavel <laughs> to go off at the end of that that felt very official I I just, that is a stance. I am the arbiter of trademark the shape at of the water, end. Okay, right. I just Great have movie. to say, like, Get Out was robbed. Honestly, it was robbed. Get I Out should have been best picture. I'm you glad I can fight after the episode. I love Get Out. I yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I picked it for best picture. I really thought that it, when it won screenplay, mm-hmm. when it won, because it won screenplay up against Shape of Water and Three Billboards and everything, mm-hmm. and it won, and then it didn't win best picture. I, yeah, uh, I'm just, you know, I, I would have liked for any movie except for Dunkirk to win Best Picture. Stop. And I was so worried that it was going to be Dunkirk. Why? I'm so happy it's not. I feel like it has Because Chris Nolan, uh, you know, universally no. loved by dude bros I bet everywhere. Dunkirk's yeah. really good. I know he's a dude bro magnet, but his stuff's enjoyable. Except Interstellar can choke. But everything <laughs> else I really like. Except there were too many shots of Matthew McConaughey crying, and it was really annoying. But Cool soundtrack, though. I cool just soundtrack. I just saw the first like twenty minutes of Wolf of Wall Street this weekend again, and he did his whole like thing. Oh, Matthew! Uh, and insufferable. It was incredible. It was truly <laughs> it was truly transcendent, a life changing experience <laughs> to get to watch that performance. Anyways, it's too much. Uh, How do we get on this? <laughs> I, I'm pre- I'm predicting this to be the first episode where we get fan mail that is angry. <laughs> it's from like my dad or something. Considering we have received zero fan mail. It's okay. Our first mail will be reactionary. <laughs> I guarantee that your first fan mail will be hate because that's I hope the so. Internet. That's what I want, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'll send in a hate message. That'd be cool. <laughs> I hate myself on this episode. 
No, but Memento is a movie, yes, by Christopher Nolan. The whole reason Wait, we got on this Are we going to talk about this movie? One. We're no. 12 minutes in. We We're can, great. Uh, we could start talking about it. Blake, I think it's time for you to give us some fun facts. <laughs> That's right. Who's right? <laughs> the only concrete thing we know about the movie. Just That's true. We have to say something yeah. for fun facts. Who wants to obviously. do um, the plot summary? Any takers? Me, you me, 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 me. Let me try. Have a Let great me time, try. Because I don't want to um, do it. So the movie's backwards. We start with the end. <laughs> the movie's backwards. That's it. It's, a, it's the backwards movie. That's what this movie is. It's a backwards movie. <gasps> you just said that so funny. Sorry. <laughs> okay, the movie's backwards. Fight me. It's backwards. It is. False. Just kidding. <laughs> That's the whole summary. The movie's backwards. So there's a there's a man, sad man with golden hair, and. And a dream. And a, and a dream. <laughs> and a dream? What's his dream? A, to, an ambition. To kill somebody, apparently. <laughs> that, okay, that's true. His dream. His goal. He, he wrestles another man to the ground and shoots him in the head to death. Then we get the next scene, and it's him driving up to this place and kind of the journey to the area where this man dies, and he's talking to the man in the car. And then you keep going back a scene and a scene and a scene and a scene to get what has happened Previously to the scene you've just watched, yes. all the way back to the beginning of the film, and which is the end of the film. which is the end of the film, but also the beginning of the film. Yes. Oh wow! And this is what Christopher Nolan likes to do. He likes to play with time. He does. He, <laughs> he loves likes time. to play God, and that's a dangerous <laughs> thing to do. So, <laughs> so, so the crux of the film is that our blonde protagonist has a short-term memory loss because he got bonked in the head during a home invasion. Just like a tiny bonk, just like a pretty significant. Yeah, pretty significant bump though. Yeah. And he ends up on the ground bleeding and he loses his memories. And you're trying he's trying to figure out who it was that that killed his wife and that's his whole goal. That you you kind of get that fun twist at the end. You know, the movie's 18 years old at this point, I'm going to spoil it that <gasps> he just decided he was going to find somebody to kill and it didn't matter who it was. And that's yeah. the ending and also the beginning of the movie. And that's the end of the so episode. So you don't know if, the, you don't know if the, the guy he kills was actually a bad guy or a cop or a good guy. It's all pretty ambiguous, I think. Yeah, it just it seems like at the end. Unless you, you do of, know that he's a cop, which I think you kind of do. I think yeah. he's a cop. I like they cast Joe Pantoliano as the cop or whatever because he just reminds me of a rat so much. Not to be rude to Joe or anything, but... You know, he reminds me of one. And so because of that, you just never really trust him. And that was like some smart casting right there. He's good in The Matrix. Oh, is he in The Matrix? Yeah, I've he's, not... the, he's the guy who wants to, he works with the, the agents and goes back to eat his steak because he's like, I don't want to be in real life. The um, Matrix is better. Which, I haven't seen that for a long time. Right. Carrie Ann Moss, who's also in this movie, she's in The Matrix, right? She's the Keanu Reeves's wing woman, I guess. She's her own woman. When Thank did The Matrix much. come out? I think a year earlier than Memento, I yeah, want to say. Matrix was 1999. Wow. Okay. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I think man it is. who knows things. It is. <laughs> About I'll the Matrix. <laughs> I'll confirm. A very influential movie. <laughs> it's great. I've seen it a full one time, and I don't remember. I liked it. It's 1999, I promise. Directed okay. by the Bukowski sisters. I Love trust them. you. Then brothers, now sisters. Exactly. Incredible. Yeah. Take us away, Blake. What you got? With what? At this movie, anything. Anything. <laughs> Literally, wow. whatever, whatever you got oh cooking, buddy. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. We need to put this podcast back in the anything. oven. It's not done Say yet. Say something. Okay. Um. Well, I really like. I think when you do structure a movie like this, I think a lot of movies that you know use nonlinear structuring, it can be a little bit gimmicky. You feel like they're just doing it, you know, for the fun, to have some joy in their lives. Whereas I feel like here it's used very well because it mirrors the fogginess that our protagonist feels constantly because we're moving backwards we're always a little bit lost just like he's always a little bit lost and so if they're i mean we are obviously based on how we've been talking a lot of points that are confusing maybe misleading not really sure what's happening but that's the point and i think if the movie isn't totally clear and doesn't have this totally sound ending that's completely fine so it's like a very i think it's a smart structure to utilize. Yes. I'm a sucker for ambiguous endings. So I think I that love this it. I think that this movie does a really good job with that. And I yeah. think there's a lot of little details that Christopher Nolan does a really good job of touching back on throughout the film. At the very beginning, right after Joe Pantoliano gets bipped uh, to death, um, <laughs> wow. you see our, our good friend goes out into his car and he picks up these bullets confusedly and then puts them back and then leaves the car. And I was just thinking, that was a dumb thing to do. Why'd you put your fingerprints all over those? <laughs> but then you get that scene again 
the very end or the beginning of the story, and you yeah. see him unlo- he unloads a weapon and puts those there. So all these objects have a very important role in the story, and they will recur and come up and yeah. touch upon in some way. So I like I like the details. That's very clever. And I don't know if either of you have seen it, but there's like a a visual on Wikipedia of like how the structure like how the structuring was planned, and it's very very intricate. Like clearly going into this movie. Nolan and like the story itself is based on this idea that his brother had but clearly beforehand I mean they very painstakingly made sure the story would you know flow very well even though it is moving backwards and it's like backwards there's also these little inserts that are in black and white of Guy Pierce who plays the protagonist he's on the phone and those scenes go forward so you have these two kind of intermingling things that are a lot. So you've got the main story, which is moving backwards. You've got the little bits of him on the phone, which are moving forwards. And then yeah. you also have the bits of him telling the story about the other man with short-term memory loss. Yeah. Sammy. Gives, Sammy. Because <laughs> he tells the story about Sammy to everybody. Yeah. Sammy. It's a Sammy who gives his wife the injections for diabetes. Am I? J- I'm probably just a huge idiot. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. But please. Even though the first scene literally runs backwards, like literally oh of the backwards. polaroid where he's like, yeah, yeah it's undeveloping well, well and like the gun well i don't remember oh yeah like, oh yeah the gun like sucks the, a bullet the gun, back like, sucks into the it. bullet back in, yeah yeah even though the first scene literally runs backwards it took me way too long to figure out that the movie itself was going backwards. <laughs> and by the time i figured it out i thought oh i should really like write down what happens mm-hmm. in each scene so then i can like flip it around when it's over and see what it was supposed to be but it was like way too late, too much had happened and I couldn't do it. I liked the structure. I'm just stupid and I can't, <laughs> and I couldn't, and I can't enjoy it at, as, as it's supposed to be enjoyed. I wish, I kind of, that's one of those things where I kind of wished I would have known because even though I don't think, I don't think knowing that it runs backwards, just that fact by itself would have necessarily been a spoiler, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. If, I mean, if you had known the reveal at the beginning or end or whatever, however you want to call it, yeah. that would have been a spoiler, but just knowing like, hey, time doesn't work the same <laughs> would have been a little bit nice, but that's, I don't know. That's yeah. just me not being good at doing things. I identify with you on this <laughs> because I saw this movie a long time ago for the first time. I want to say more than five years ago I watched mm-hmm. it and I remember being entranced by it the first time and being like this is amazing I can't believe what's happening this is so crazy and I was so impressed but then this time when I, when I was watching it I was like I don't get it I was like, <laughs> I just our young mind. it's like I totally I understood it the last time I saw it but then this time I was more confused somehow and I figured yeah. you know I've seen this movie before this movie piece of cake I'll rewatch it I'm like yeah Christopher Nolan Memento it's the backwards movie let me tell you all about it but no I couldn't I couldn't tell you a single thing it's like no, me too, because I watched it, I think, for the first time six years ago. It also kind of started like a family fight, because apparently it was one of those movies that my dad like wanted to show me or whatever, because he really liked it. And then I, like, I guess, watched it, not realizing that it was that kind of thing. So when I was like, oh, Memento's really good, he was like, dang it, and I wanted to watch that too. But yeah, back then I remember like having a very strong reaction to it and like loving it. And I didn't even remember it being confusing. I just thought it was really clever. But then this time I was like so much more confused. I don't know if it's because we're like old timey now or if we're just we've seen too many things. I don't know what's going on with my brain. Yeah, it's kind of tough because you want to keep in mind and this happens basically. I don't I don't consider this an old movie per se. It was still made in the 2000s. But Mm. anytime I watch a movie that's considered like a hallmark of its genre or like of its form, you kind of have to keep in mind the fact that it was made before all of these stereotypes could have formed. Yeah. But it's really difficult to keep that in mind because at some points I definitely felt like I was watching a film student's like <laughs> idea of like, oh, let's really screw with time and like yeah. make it all like heady and different. And even though it I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, he did it really well, mm-hmm. but it did kind of feel like it was built to be picked apart, which I don't know if I love the idea of a movie whose sole reason for existence is just analysis and you yeah. know, and it and it doesn't I mean it's Nolan, so I'm it's not unique for me to say it doesn't have any heart. Like every <laughs> Nolan movie is like that. I don't know. I think that hit especially that feeling hit especially hard with this one. I felt like that too because I mean I really do enjoy it a lot, but at the same time it's one of those movies where I think it has staying power because it like was a landmark and it was super innovative, but it's not necessarily the kind of movie you can watch over and over again because it is a movie 
that's just very obsessed with its own design and it's kind of made, I think, to only really be watched once or twice. I think that's like always kind of a weakness for, you know, any movie that kind of wants to be great is like if you can't really enjoy it the same amount like the you know third or fourth time then it's probably not like a great movie i think this is a very creative movie um it's really enjoyable but it definitely i don't know i feel like it is kind of a better idea than a movie but i still like it a lot so it's like a weird yeah weird thing going on i think just speaking of like Nolan doesn't have any heart. Not that he doesn't have a heart. He's a human being. Um, oh, wow. You're really defending Nolan there. Yeah. <laughs> he is alive. He Thank you for the feelings. He's currently an existent person. Um, I, there's one scene in particular in Memento that really stands out that's really good, which is you get the reveal that the Natalie character is just taking advantage mm-hmm. of Leonard, of Guy Pierce, blonde man. <laughs> It's when she she comes, you see the scene where she comes into the house and she's bleeding and she's like, oh, he's like, what happened to you? She's like, I got beat up. What do you think happened? Yada, yada, yada. And then you get the scene previous to that where, well, I guess that scene ends with, you get the scene previous and you see that he punches her and she goes back out, waits for his memory to kind of reset yeah. and then comes back in to feed him a different narrative because mm-hmm. yeah. he hasn't had time to take his notes or snap a picture with his Polaroid camera yeah. so he can remember. But that was genius, and I love so that good. scene. I I really love Carrie Ann Moss's movie. I mean, her character is diabolical, but she's so fantastic. Diabolical is a good word. That character is just so fascinating to me because she is just such a. She kind of reminds me of like a very wicked femme fatale from like a 1940s film noir or something. She's just very, really just serves herself, likes to manipulate, and you don't really. You kind of almost root for her when you first meet her. I don't know if it's because, like, I just, like, you are in the presence of Carrie Ann Moss and you just trust her for some reason. And then when you find, when you get to know her more, you're like, oh, wow, she's actually kind of one of the main villains of this movie. And you don't expect that right off the bat. I loved, there was the moment in the beginning, I believe it was during one of the scenes where Leonard's on the phone and he's explaining how he has to be careful. Well, when he's explaining, why he writes himself the notes and has the tattoos, it's because he has to be careful with who he trusts because Mm -hmm. he just kind of one-off says people could take advantage of you with this condition and then doesn't really touch on it again. And I think that they did it really smart with her because it didn't didn't stick in your mind, so you didn't think to really suspect her of Mm -hmm. wanting to do that. And then when he said that, that he could be taken advantage of I was kind of like oh how and then to have it so laid out so cleanly of this is exactly how and you could kill for you know you could literally be convinced to kill for someone and you would have no reason to question it like I thought that that was really really well done no very well done because yeah you don't expect her either so it is fun also having these characters go on non-traditional arcs you know you see them you get to kind of know characters in a conventional way but it's interesting here how you see it backwards and so people that you almost start off thinking are bad end up being kind of good like joe pentoliano's character i mean he's not good but he's like well, as bad than you think he is initially and then like with carrie Ann moss like you think that she is like the female lead like is probably to be trusted and then she's not at all so it is interesting these reversals that happen here blake would you please hit us with some fun facts i, I would love time. to i think it's time as well i'm very ready Teddy has the line, you don't have a clue, you freak. Uh, Christopher Nolan thought that he didn't nail the end of the line, just like the way he said it. And so he decided to record the last two words himself. And so I guess like when you hear you freak, it's Christopher Nolan actually. And Petoliana did not know that until there was like some anatomy of a scene um, episode about Memento and they told him then. He was like, oh, would have never noticed. So that's a weird touch. That's crazy. What a fun fact. That seems... That's wild. <laughs> I don't even trust... I don't know if this movie just makes me untrustworthy or something, but I feel like I... So many of these facts, I'm like, is this really true? I don't know. I hope so. But IMDb is not necessarily, like, the most reliable source anyone could post on that. Just like Wikipedia. So... Uh, actually, I planted that fact. Oh, my God. Yeah. How could you do it? I know. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was there for the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I think I mentioned earlier, Nolan's screenplay is 
based on his brother's story, but actually they had kind of, I guess, talked to, he pitched it to, the brother pitched it to uh, Christopher uh, while they were on like a cross-country road trip, I guess, and it took like the entirety of the trip to kind of explain it and kind of start thinking about dialogue and stuff. But weirdly enough, the screenplay is credited to Christopher Nolan because I guess he changed just enough to where like his brother doesn't get credit, which I wonder if, you know, the fellow Nolan is a little bit annoyed about that. But I feel like people know at this point, so like, you know, he's probably over it. I, I, I'm concerned that any movie whose plot takes a week to explain would turn into a, an understandable film. I do I'm, think I'm they would I'm agreeing very hard with Celia's point well, of like a movie that exists for analysis only is exactly. maybe not the best. Although I will say, I think when, I don't know if it said this on IMDb, but I think it was like he had the idea and then they were like kind of planning it at the same time. Okay. So it like wasn't just like, wait, let me change this fact. And then like I think that they were actually trying to like make it happen so that when they ended their trip you know so, they'd have so when they ended it Chris could steal the whole thing I guess so yeah <laughs> and also that yeah. road trip happened in 96 so you know Chris Renault made his first movie after that so he kind of waited a little bit so to let this one gestate yeah to let it gestate which is While probably I good I was gestating nice oh, that wow. was gestating nice. yes I was fresh <laughs> cinematic parallels um <laughs> uh Steven Tobolowsky is that how you say it who knows, dude? I don't know. I just saw him in Freaky Friday, by the way. I thought I would throw that out. He's great in that movie. Anyway. Thanks for the update, Blake. Shout out to Freaky Friday. He's so rude in that to Lindsay. Anyway, <laughs> when he was auditioning for the part of Sammy, uh, he told Christopher Nolan that he himself had experienced uh, amnesia. A few years earlier, he was given this experimental painkiller that caused amnesia, I guess, like for the surgery he was having. And so it helped him get the part because, you know, Nolan felt like, well, he's experienced amnesia, so let's have him play someone who suffers from amnesia. Because he, but like, would he know what it's like? Because like, if you have amnesia, you don't remember. So like, it'd be hard to audition. You know, hmm. you'd be like, "What's my line?" I wonder. Get it. That was an amnesia joke. <laughs> oh wow. Oh my. <laughs> That's gosh. true. Anytime we say we don't know something or we're confused about something on this podcast, we're just actually paying homage <laughs> to, to Memento. Memento. That's yeah. like that's like saying that anyone who's ever forgotten anything. It's like we're has, paying homage. Like, to is, like is more worthy for that role. Like, oh, you relate to your audition because you forgot it was at this time. In Cast. reality, that's actually good for this character. <laughs> I forgot that Celia was supposed to be on this episode last <laughs> oh, week, so ooh. this is the perfect movie for me to talk so about. Meta. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, uh, I almost think that it was planned that way. Oh, jeez. I hope that's not true. <laughs> Gotta rub those palms together. Carrie Ann Moss, I feel like I've just said her full name every time I've referenced her, shot her whole part in eight days. They kind of just got it over with. This movie only took, I think... Like between 25 and 30 days, it was a very fast shoot. So low budget. Yeah, she really in and out. She was done. The expiration date on Teddy's driver's license, which is February 29th, 2001, does not exist in reality uh, since 2001 is not a leap year. But in the fictional universe, fictional universe of Memento, it does. So there you go. Um, Guy Pierce was 230 pounds before the movie started. I guess he was like. I didn't know this. He was like a bodybuilder when he was younger, so he kind of just kept being all fit and large, which I don't know <laughs> if that's true. Because I feel like I was, when I read that, I like looked at pictures of him in like, you know, 1994, 1998. Before the movie was made, he looks the same to me. So I don't know if this fact is true. Apparently, he dropped from 230 pounds to, oh, it doesn't say the specific weight. Never mind. He I'm lost a cut, bunch of I'm weight. I'm cutting this fact. Aiden. Oh my God. <laughs> Keep it in just for that, because that was funny. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Great. Um, Ashley Judd, Famke Jansen, and Angelina Jolie were all considered for the part of Natalie originally, which I would have, I think Famke or Angelina would be pretty good. I don't know about Ashley, but I think they would. They have kind of this nice little villain. Blake's on a first name basis with every actor and actress that we Well, talk okay, about. but it just feels so dumb to say, like, Jolie, you know? I feel like we're so casual here. Let's just pretend we're all friends. It's all right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Whatever. It's what you, you, you know them. That was the subtext. <laughs> it's oh, anger. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't want to fight. Let's fight right now. <laughs> a bunch of Leonard's voiceovers were improvised by Guy Pierce. Brad Pitt wanted to be part of the movie initially, but then he backed out due to other commitments. Although Christopher Nolan, <laughs> <laughs> he said that he was actually kind of glad. And like afterward, he didn't 
pursue any other A-list actors because he knew it was going to be low budget and he knew that if like Brad Pitt or someone really famous was in the main role that like the budget would not be evenly distributed so oh Nolan didn't pursue any A-list actors mm-hmm. sure <laughs> this was movie number two says, for him Says the yeah. man who's like <laughs> says the well, man who the just time. cast one of Leo. the uh, <laughs> <laughs> says the man who just cat a One Direction boy in his movie that <laughs> was nominated for a lot of Oscars. Harry was good in that. Look, so. okay, he just has a great presence on screen. All right, just kidding. Um, <laughs> they all, all the characters look the same. Can we, Let's be real. Can we talk about if like dream casting Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie oh. got casted in this movie? We would have never had. Oh the Jenny drama. We would have never had the Mr. and Mrs. Smith problem. This could have all been avoided. Could it have Everyone though? Because I think Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were married in '99, so maybe still could have happened, but sooner. But would that mean they would get divorced earlier? No, but it it was released in. Oh no, it was released in 2000, so it was probably filmed in '99. Were they married before or after filming this movie? I though? think it was after. I actually think this was filmed in 2000. I think. I'm just going to say I think a lot because I don't know for sure. But I think it was like they filmed at the beginning. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, wait, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm paying tribute. To, <laughs> paying tribute to the Paying movie. tribute to this film. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that Jennifer Aniston would have had to have a lot less hate mail. That's true. If this had occurred the way that I wanted it to occur. Mm-hmm. God, doesn't it make you wonder if history were rewritten? What yeah. would be happening with all these celebrity relationships? Also, after... That's the one thing that I want to know. If history were rewritten, <laughs> I know. what about the celebrity relationships? I'm still very sad about the dissolution of Brangelina. Like, I'm really I'm not over it. And same with Jennifer Aniston and her new husband. They're getting divorced, too. Oh, wait, is Everything's, that true? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you just broke my heart on recording. Oh, wow. Welcome to Cinema Adventure. We're a uh, celebrity <laughs> drama podcast sponsored by People Magazine, and uh, you can read Blake's column about it Great. as well. <laughs> that reminds me that I don't have any more fun facts. So. <laughs> that reminds me that I'm done. <laughs> that reminds me that I'm finished speaking now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm my heart's still broken. I'm so. really sorry, bud. Love's dead. When's Jennifer Aniston going to find lasting love? That's true. She if, keeps Jennifer, getting... if Jennifer Aniston can't do it, honestly, the rest of us are screwed. We're like, so screwed. Yeah. If she... I think, who's next? John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. That'll be like solidified love is dead. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Mm, I can't take it. I mean, she's in all those very good McDonald's commercials. and <laughs> She's killing it. Her Twitter's amazing. Yeah. Aiden's loving Aiden's it. Aiden's disappointed face I'm is waiting. so strong. Aiden's gonna right like now. grab a knife and he's just gonna stab me on, uh, <laughs> while recording. No, actually, her her uh, her Snapchat is really good, or maybe it's her Instagram. One of those. Ones. It's probably Instagram. There's, 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 I think it's Instagram. I saw some recently where she came home and she was very drunk, and John Legend was taking care of her, and it was really funny. Anyways, well, one of my only comments that I have left that is of any value is that I feel like. S- when they were explaining Sammy's condition and Leonard's condition, it was like someone took, someone went to one intro to psychology lecture and was like, oh, this is a cool idea. <laughs> and then just didn't learn anything else about it because apparently, like, I don't know, just the way that they explained it was like, did you know that there's this crazy thing called amnesia and you can forget <laughs> memories? It's crazy. It's and like, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> it's probably a, it's a lot more complicated than that I don't know it reminds me so much of the bit in Interstellar when they're like we're gonna go all the way across the entire galaxy and to do uh. that we're gonna swing around a black hole and then like the physicist who's talking to a room of astronauts has them all sit down puts up a whiteboard draws a picture of a black hole and points at it he's like we're gonna slingshot around it's like yeah, dog, we know. We're astronauts. <laughs> Why are you telling us uh, this? It's horrible. No, that movie sucks. So, so <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like it's on brand with the whole a movie built for analysis. It's just like someone thought, what's a what's a crazy phenomenon that I can write something mm-hmm. that people won't know that much about so they won't question my internal movie logic. I don't know. And that sounds like a huge burn on this movie. And don't get me wrong. I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining once I understood what the hell was happening. Yeah. But before then, I was. I just thought to myself, this dude has learned nothing about memory, like memory <laughs> science and cognitive psychology and how yeah. it all works. But. Dude, I'm trying to think. 
in terms of his filmography, like were the Dark Knight movies, were those linear? So he has made... Yes, they're linear, but it's very difficult to tell how much time is passing. That's true, because they're true. all like four hours long. They're so long. Like Dark yeah. Knight Rises, I was in the theater, I feel like, for seven hours. Yeah, about seven. Seven hours, and I was like, when's Anne Hathaway coming back? And that was just... She comes back at the opportune moment to yeah. wrap up the plot. In that she movie. has to. Isn't it amazing how I remember absolutely nothing about I don't the remember Dark that Rises? movie at all. Like, <laughs> I remember I, really I remember everything about that movie because everything really? in it made me angry. Because <laughs> yes. like I really liked the first two I, I bought Batman as it begins yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on DVD at Target for $5 a few years ago. <laughs> a true fan. Love it. <laughs> Gotta don't get that $5 Dark Dark bin. It was good. It's a great movie but Dark Knight Rises, no clue. Christian um, Bale's in a cave for a while. Batman yeah. Begins scared the it's hell scary. out of me. I saw it in the theater. Be- I had to leave the theater because it was the, too scary. Because the Scarecrow character was <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Terrifying. I remember, like, I think my parents were watching it, like, my uncle, and I, like, walked in right when the Scarecrow's, like, shenanigans were going on. It freaked me out so much. I'm like, what is this scary movie? Happy I'm not alone being scared of the Scarecrow. I don't now do I, mask, like, yeah. bag, potato bag mask. It's too much. Now I think he's dope. No, just kidding. He's still scary. But I can, like, stomach it now. But Last year time. I went as him for Halloween. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, Nolan, I don't know. I feel like I only like Nolan because I have to, as someone who watches movies. Yeah, I like him. Let I the hate under- flow through you. <laughs> no, I really like him. I feel like it's the same thing with like all the Star Wars nerds are really annoying. No offense. No, 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 no. I, I know. It's like the same <laughs> idea. Like the super fans are so annoying, and like Christopher Nolan has so many super fans are annoying, but I still like them. But it's also like to like them, you also have to be like, I have to also deal with all these really annoying dudes who like they think they've seen this once and they're like, I'm a cinematic expert. I watch deep things. I understand them. So, you know, I'm, you know, intellectual or something. And it's like, you know, dude, bro, that's not necessarily the case. Excuse but me, Mr. Dude, bro. No, thank you. No, thank you. you no, know, thank you. Thanks for your time. Uh, but I'm going to have to pass on listening to you any longer. But yeah, but I, I enjoy this a lot, this movie. So. I mean, I thought it was really good, and I'm glad that I saw it. I feel like as far as cinema history, even though what's not that old, uh, I think it's an important... <laughs> Almost 20 years old. No, it's very important. Important to, like, the independent film movement as well. I mean, this movie made its budget back, like, three times, and it was, I mean, it was, like, released, got great reviews, and then, like, basically propelled Christopher Nolan to, like, the celebrity director status. So, I mean, it's it's an important movie for sure. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan is making movies that are filmed with more, like, IMAX technology yeah. than any other, any, any other movies. He's like, made this games. This guy is serious business. It is mm-hmm. thinking about the progression because he did this and he did Insomnia, which is just, like, a detective movie, and then goes to, like, gargantuan with Batman Begins right after that. So, huge leap for him. Kind of like Brian, Ryan Coogler with Black Panther, like goes from kind of these small movies to just can suddenly conquer these massive blockbuster things. And yeah. it's like, you know, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Those sounded like final thoughts to me. So I think it's time we do recommendations. <laughs> All right. Is it really um, time? Is that, is that cool with everybody? Is, are we good? I yeah, guess. I, I don't think there's I had one more point. Um, Please, Blake. It's not really a point, but okay. the black and white reminds me of NCIS. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. Have you seen NCIS? <laughs> no. Before every scene, they have like a black and white photograph, and they like there's like a camera shutter noise, and it's like this is like a pivotal picture, and then you go into the scene, just That's like it. Cool. It's cool. It's interesting. Also, who do you think? Because the person on the phone is ambiguous, right? Who does anyone have any idea who it might be? Ooh, that's a good it was question. The real killer. What if it's no, no one? I feel like it's no one. Wait, you mean the literal voice, or do you mean the character within the movie? Well, he's like, I think in the movie. Like, who, who is the person? Who is he, who speaking is he talking to? to? Who's on the other end of the phone? That's a good question. I still want to just say no one, and then that's just... See, and, like, here's an example of, like, the movie logic. Like, how does it, like, where, like, exactly. how does it work? Because. <laughs> there's no answer. Celia, like, there is Celia's no answer. moving her arms around in a confusing <laughs> manner for those of you who can't see us, which is all of you. I'm so <laughs> lost because you would think that if this is a true mystery and that's that you would be able to think of here's why it would be X person, here's why it would be Y person. But every time you think of a person who that would be in the movie, it you immediately write them off because it's like, no, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be for this reason or for that reason. So there's nobody left. It's just a it's just a device that's there to get the True. plot going and it has no actual impact on the story. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So the, like, that was the final What thought. is this thing that you slam down? Is this like a It's a paper clip, clip that I have destroyed throughout the recording of this episode. <laughs> if you it's hear like a the light. Sound, that's what that was. I hope that uh, I hope that you didn't need it because it will not clip any papers together at this point. Now that's sad. I mean, n- to tie it back in with our Oscar <laughs> with our Oscar discussion, okay. which Ooh. is really which is really what we're here to talk about that's is right. the Oscars. That's correct. I've said this to a lot of different people. Get Out was such a good movie because (laughs) (laughs) all I want to do is talk about Get Out because it was able to use characterization and devices to forward the plot at the same time and everything was utilized. There was never a wasted moment and you never felt like they were doing something not on purpose. But (laughs) Oh, I thought you were about to be like, you're wrong, Celia. And I was going to be like, Aiden, fight us. So that's good that you agreed. But Memento, there's just all this stuff that it's like, this is only here for one reason and it directly conflicts with all of the other things that is going on. Yeah. And it... mm. No, I got mad too. If Jordan Peele can do that in his freaking debut motion picture, then... Nolan should have been able to yeah. do it. That's all. I'm no, saying. I will say like the whole Sammy whatever plot like kind of made me mad because I feel like they went into such detail and then you learn that it's just like a device to trick us and I was like, because first of all I felt like that subplot was dumb anyway so like the, to realize it was just there to like manipulate us kind of I was just annoyed. Well, and there was that moment too where it where he was saying that Sammy ended up in a psychiatric hospital. And then for a flash, it was him in the yeah, hospital. Like, and it's like, that? and it's like, oh, we're only halfway through the movie, but obviously this is what's going on because you put, obviously, like, <laughs> well, then, like, well, yeah, <laughs> do you think that your audience is stupid? And like, they're trying to show too that like, because aren't they trying to make it like even more unclear? Like you're trying to figure out like what is Sammy's the story he made up? Like how much of it's real? How much of it like like really happened to Guy Pierce and he's just like made it into the story? How much of it's like fabricated? Like. That kind of confused me more. I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was just simultaneously, like, so complicated, but also yeah. so, I don't want to say condescending because that's way too strong, but it was also <laughs> so didactic at the same time. Yeah. And those two conflicting things, mm-hmm. it's just, it just really bugs me. Yeah. It just bugs me The movie's meant to be confusing, and somewhere Chris Nolan is rubbing his hands together because I guess. he can sense and he wants that we're having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. Well, that's the thing is I feel like, I mean, it could be argued that like all this confusing and being annoyed is like part of it because, you know, he just wants us to be confused, just like his protagonist, but even then, still can be infuriating at times. Oh, for sure. That may have been a, that may have been a fair read of it when it first came out, but after seeing all of Nolan's films, it's like, no, it's not just about that because half of his movies are confusing for the sake of being confusing. Yeah. And, just make I mean, more complicated. Cough, cough, Interstellar. Like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie just, uh, just thinking about it makes me, it makes it's me, just It unpleasant. makes me so anxious thinking about Interstellar. I, just the sheer uh, lack of understanding I have about it. Anyways. Just, I don't know. Nolan's Nolan's good at what he does. Yeah. He's a great director. I don't know if he's the best writer. Yeah, there you Whatever. go. Whatever. I'll continue to see his movies and say that I like them so that people on the internet don't yell at me. <laughs> I did really like Dunkirk, though, so I'm excited for him moving forward. I also really enjoyed Dunkirk. I thought it was great. Even though he didn't want to win anything rude. Yeah, well, I think there are more deserving <laughs> things out there this year. That's all. Dun- Dunkirk was fine. <laughs> Literally, yes. it was fine. It was fine. It was just, it was just kind of forgettable to me. Like I saw it in July, and then by the time December rolled around and people were talking about True. it being nominated for Best Picture, I was like, really? Best <laughs> Picture? It was really good, but like the. You were best. like, wait, wait, wait. Did you see Get Out though? Like I, Tanya doesn't yeah. get a nomination, but Dunkirk. I know. Does. True. True. Making valid points. Love the it, Tanya. The Florida Project gets snubbed. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't get it. Anyway, Aiden seems antsy. Are you wanting to do final antsy. thoughts? I, we are. We have done final have thoughts. Have we? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't All want right. us to, to repeat ourselves. All right. So. Fine. I won't tap on. I feel like if we did a final thought, it would be like, you know, when you like, I when I would write like an English paper in high school, I'd like basically write my conclusion at the end, but then I would just like throw on like a more like, and that's the reason why I thought that, you know, to let us avoid that. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Recommendations. Right. Who's first? Celia's first. I'm gonna completely go against everything that I just said out loud, nice. and I'm gonna recommend The Prestige. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's his best movie. Because the Prestige oh, rules. It's yeah. so good, and if there's any movie that has heart in it, it's The Prestige. Oh, yeah. And if you're gonna stretch and say that Memento is about a guy who is just gonna do whatever it takes to whatever, 
whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm done talking about Memento. The Prestige. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Prestige is so good, and it's like all of the ideas that Memento had, but better and more and cooler and with better acting and with like cooler costumes and sets and mm. music and ideas, and it's just... He should have just quit after the prestige because it's so good. One of my favorites. It's a mic drop of a movie. I literally forgot it existed until like just now. Anyways. Should we watch it? Yes. I guess so. And then the other movie that I'll recommend is Pulp Fiction, which I've seen a full full one time. And I fell asleep during the... It's okay. Our, we can both recommend it as well. It's very good. It's great. I, I love fell asleep it. during the like one scene that you absolutely should not fall asleep during, which was the scene where I don't know if it's spoilers, but the scene where like Bruce Willis goes and shoots the guy. Yeah, yeah. I fell asleep during that scene, so I woke up and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" Like, wow. <laughs> they died. And my mom's like, wow. yeah. "I love that movie." Also, I just want to throw this out. I didn't realize I was listening to like this Charlie XCX song called Trophy a while ago, and they integrate the diner scene into the song very cleverly. So I recommend listening to that and, you know, watching the diner scene afterward. And being we're like, doing song recommendations. Oh, wow. There you okay, go. yeah. We're, we're a music podcast now. That's What's right. up, guys? Yeah. Cinema Adventure, where we talk about music. <laughs> That's what the people want. But I think that Pulp, Pulp Fiction has the same. It's the same kind of thing as far as it was pretty innovative for its time and mm. especially how it plays with time and the kinds of stories it's telling and just the general tone overall, I think, is pretty similar. But in reality, you should watch The Prestige. Very good. It's a very, very good film. Good. It's, a, yeah. it's an extremely good film. It's great. All right. Is it my turn? Uh, yes. Everyone's yeah. kind of looking at me weird. Oh, did you want to go? No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't um, want to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's over it. Um, I also picked movies that play with time. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, fitting, since this is like a time movie with a capital T. Um, I picked... Michael Clayton, which I feel like isn't really necessarily that doesn't really mess with time a lot, but like the something that happens at the end happens at the beginning, so we'll just call it that. But that is a 2007. I think it's like a political thriller. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but it's about this political fixer played by George Clooney, who uh, may or may not be. I think like some corporate. He's like discovered this secret about a corporation, basically, and so they might have hired a hit to get him who knows Tilda Swint is in it she's a bad lady in it but is really good love her I love her so much Michael Clayton's really good I feel like I've recommended this before I don't really know but I was thinking a lot about Stanley Kubrick's The Killing which is a heist movie but you see it from all these different perspectives but like throughout the same period so you're kind of getting all these things and that was like paid homage to in Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown as well so interesting time movies those are mine what about you, Aiden? So, yeah, it's <laughs> funny that you chose a movie that plays with perspective, because I also yeah. chose one. Uh, I am going to recommend uh, Rashomon. I knew it. Did I could you know sense it? it. I was like, he's going to pick it. He loves yeah, Kurosawa. I do love Kurosawa. So. <laughs> uh, it's, Rashomon is a story about a murder that takes place, and it's told in flashbacks from three guys having a conversation, and they're standing under this odd building in the rain, and they're just trying to pass the time until the rain stops, and they're telling the story about this thing that happened in their village, about somebody who died, and you get all three of them telling perspectives, but then you also get perspectives of three different people who are involved in the murder, mm. and you don't really know what happens. It's really bizarre. I'd recommend it. There's a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. Very mm. loud movie, but I good. Pre- I prefer my movies to have lots of screaming. I need yeah. some silence. It's an, it's an all-caps movie. All <laughs> oh, caps boy. Sure. Yeah. That's scary. And then the other movie is another fun time movie. I'm going to recommend Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, I love that. If you don't like Tom Cruise <laughs> because, so he's, fun. because he's weird, <laughs> so which fun. is true. Uh, it's still a really fun movie. I'm really, so... really excellent sci-fi, good action. It's fun, like pulpy yeah. stuff. Yeah, I get so mad when it gets like cast aside as like a flop or whatever because it's so it's really fun, it's so and inventive. I've and never, it's like... yeah, anybody I know who's ever actually watched it has enjoyed it. Yeah, any, yeah, whoever doesn't like it can choke. <laughs> <laughs> strong, strong <laughs> aesthetics too. Like yeah. all of the. Yeah. It just got a really strong look at Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's it really blends the sci-fi and the action mm-hmm. like really well. It feels super effortless, and Tom Cruise doesn't ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> and Emily Blunt makes it better as she God, makes I everything better, yep. and it's just Tom great. Cruise is so weird, but he's just such a great movie star, and it's just so undeniable. Especially watching that movie, a very good popcorn flick. You know such what I mean? a good popcorn movie. I just said the word flick unironically. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes I'll use it in writing just to like not say film or movie or feature <laughs> or picture. If I've like said all those words in the review, I'll be like, okay. I'll p- throw in oh, flick. I'll pull out flick. <laughs> These are, this is Cinema Venture, the m- For film a grammar podcast. podcast. God. <laughs> I feel like I hate saying film, but sometimes you gotta. Yeah. I feel like a douche whenever I say it. Me too. It's so, like, elitist. This film. This this film. It's not even done on film. <laughs> I feel like I have to say Digital. film while, like, swirling wine in a glass. Like, it just doesn't feel natural to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on that high note. <laughs> You can all, we can all end the podcast with you just thinking, imagining Blake swirling wine in a glass. Uh, Celia, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You're yes. a fantastic guest. Thank you. Yeah. Always. Yeah, uh, we'll get you back in here soon. Mm-hmm. On the right day, right? That, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, that was a very angry sounding, mm-hmm. do you want to come back? Oh my gosh. I just want to remind all the listeners that this was an episode about Memento. It may not have sounded like it, but we promised that it was. I think it was three quarters an episode about me defending the shape of water to to two people who have not seen it. It's necessary, okay? It's very necessary. It's about fish sex. (laughs) Well, if you want to hear more of us talking about movies, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android, Stitcher, TuneIn, and our website, uwpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at The Filmcast, or you can follow us on our personal accounts at Aiden Walkero, Blake W. Peterson, or at Films Unstuck. Or you can read all the things that Celia writes at filmsunstuck.tumblr.com. Whoa. That's right. I'm pulling all the True stops stand. out for this one. Uh, <laughs> if you want to write to us, <laughs> if you want to stand... If you want to stand to us, well, <laughs> if you want to write us uh, just your thoughts or you want to stand for us through email, you can reach us uh, at cinemaadventurepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if you like the show, please share it with a friend. We just we want them to hear us. It would be so great. Maybe not this episode. Maybe don't share this episode. This might not be a great introduction. That's a great one. one. Uh, Check the out humdinger. the Gone Girl one. That yeah, was, that was way a more very straightforward. good one. That was more straightforward. It gets a little more of the air of what our show is usually like. Uh, if you want to follow along with us next Monday, we're going to be talking about scanners. Woo! Woo! Thank you for listening. Bye. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>